Welcome back to the Locks On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day are listening to the always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas, multimedia journalist, and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24, that myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. But for today's show, we are talking to Ulysses Sombrano of Locked On Rays. We got talk about that Jordan Luplo trade. It might end up being the biggest move of the D-backs offseason. I'm hoping that's not true. We'll talk a little offseason free agent frenzy as well. The the Mets, the Rangers, we're going to break it down, rank the teams, rank the best offseason through a week so far. So it's going to be a jam-packed pod for you guys today. But before we get into it, let me first say, Thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day because without you, the listener, I would not be doing this podcast. You listening, sharing, subscribing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. But now let's jump into that podcast with Yuli Sombrano of Lockdown Rays. You are Locked On Diamondbacks. Your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back here on the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, and now let's bring Ulysses Zambrano of Locked On Rays on the pod. Sir, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me back on. Yeah, no worries. We had to bring you back on, talk about that Jordan Luplo trade. We're talking a little bit before we start this. Uh, We both feel like it might not be, you know, it's not really a major move. But for this D-backs team, it it probably is a major move. So I figured we'll bring you on and talk about today because I need your perspective on it. I need your insightfulness on this kind of trade because Jordan Luplo, I'll be honest, not I've heard the name, but it's not like I've been following this guy, you know, heavily as an NL West player. uh, team reporter not like i've been following jordan luplo's career too closely so just overall when you think of jordan luplo what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about his time in tampa bay what do you think of when you think of jordan luplo well i i gotta tell you i i felt the same way that you're speaking about jordan <laughs> exactly when the rays acquired him i was like yeah i've heard about the name but i have no clue what to expect and after seeing what he did for the race, um, taking out what happened with Cleveland, he was a nice surprise. He was a nice surprise. And he came in as, hey, an outfield piece that can hopefully uh, give this team a, 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 a lefty masher. Uh, it didn't end up working that way. He actually did very well against righties, batting over 300 with an uh, over 900 OPS. But... He, he did help the team, and he was versatile enough uh, that he bought in and started playing first base, which he had never done in professional baseball. That's kind of like the Rays way, right? Oh, you've never done this thing before? Do it and, and, and go nuts. So that's what Jordan did. So there's buy-in from him. Uh, there, there's camaraderie. And, of course, if you ask me the first thing I got to think about Jordan Luplo, <laughs> it's got to be that uh, game two grand slam against Chris Sale at the Trop. Is it Luplo and not Luplo? I guess I've been saying his name wrong this whole time. I got to get used to saying Luplo. 
<laughs> you could say Luper or Luplo, I guess. Yeah. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, the, the his splits have been interesting because looking at his whole career, this has been a guy that probably when Tampa Bay acquired him, they thought he was going to be a dude right right-handed batter that does better against lefties. That's been his strong point throughout his career, being that cross matchup kind of guy. Very good against the lefties as a righty, and not very good against righties as a right-handed batter, of course. But in 2021, that changed. These reverse his splits reversed, and he was actually better against righties as a right-handed batter as opposed to that cross matchup. And I just find that interesting. And when you look at his time in Tampa Bay, did you see anything differently in 2021 as opposed to the last couple of seasons as to why he might have been better against those righties? Like, were were pitchers pitching him differently? Like, how how does that happen? Where your whole career you're doing it one way, and then all of a sudden your number just kind of flip like that. You know, I guess it has to do with lineup protection. I think we've talked about that multiple times with how that 2021 race lineup was constructed. It was the deepest that they had ever been in the in franchise so since 98. I mean, this was the, the best lineup ever. I think when you have people around you like Austin Meadows, Brandon Lau, Nelson Cruz, Wander Franco, Randy Rosarena, and you're stuck right in the middle of all these guys, you might get better pitches to hit because when they look down at those jersey numbers and then they see Luplo or uh, or, or, or however, <laughs> just say Jordan, when they see yeah. Jordan in the middle of it, they might say, well, you know what? I'm going to take my chances with him rather than Cruz, Rosarena, Franco, Meadows, Lau. So I think there's something to do within the team that he got, uh, you know, playing time in, in, in the second half. Yeah, it's interesting because I'm looking at it. He didn't spend a ton of time in Tampa Bay, only about 25 no. games. So I yeah. wonder if it is just a small sample size thing. Like you said, maybe because of the team he has around him, pitchers had to pitch to him differently. And just the way he had to approach the game was different because of the talent he had around him as opposed to the talent he had on, around him in Cleveland the right. last couple of years, the now Guardians, former Indians. So uh, it is interesting to see. I wonder if this guy can be a full-time player. I'm not sure if the D-backs want to give him a full-time opportunity considering he's never cracked 300 plate appearances, I think, in a given season. But we'll see. Uh, but I just want to know. When you look at him, did you see anything? Did he flash enough for you to maybe think this guy should be handling a larger role? Did you see anything offensively? Was he cracked at all that he was cracked up to be or rumored to be when he when he was acquired by Tampa Bay? I think he again, you you will feel that he's a nice surprise. It's not like anything is going mm. to be wowing you, but he just does the the little things right. Uh, and you appreciate that when you're a fan uh, of a team that, you know, yeah, th- you might like the guy with no chrome. Joe Madden used to say that, you know, Ben Zobris has no chrome. What he meant by that is he won't do the highlight real catches. But the routine ones, he will always make them. That's kind of like Jordan Luplo. Like uh, he just has no chrome, but mm. that's not a bad thing. You want guys that you're just going to put in the lineup and they're going to do their thing. They're, they're just pure, pure baseball guys. And I think the fact that that he also said yes to Kevin Cash and company, saying, "Yeah, I can, I can deal with first base. That that's no problem. Put me on there. I've never done that before, but I'm game." I think that speaks to his character and, and and speaks to the work ethic. And ultimately, he did get used uh, at first quite a few times. Yeah, that's interesting that he 
got moved the first kind of late in, later in his career because that's a tough transition to make to all of a sudden be an outfielder and now move over to first base. It's not too easy. Uh, Kyle Schwarber kind of right. did it this past season as well when he moved over to the Red Sox because it was the kind of a hole that they had on their team. And he was like, all right, I'll move over to first as well. I wonder if the D-backs are kind of requiring him to be more of a first baseman than an outfielder actually because – Right now, when I look at the first base for the D-backs, they got Christian Walker, who's a righty, but he dealt with a lot of injuries this past season. He didn't look as good as at the plate, and that could have been because of injuries. You got Haven Smith, a first-rounder a few years ago, but he hasn't really put it together on the offensive side of the ball just yet. And defensively, uh, he's still a work in progress, so I'm not really sure the D-backs are too high on him either. So I'm wondering if the D-backs want to do a little platoon situation where you can have Jordan Luplo, uh, Luplo, we'll just call him Jordan like we said. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, put him at first base, maybe put him in the corner outfield and just kind of have him playing all over. So I do like the fact that he's easy. He's an easy person uh, to to just fit on a team. He's malleable. Yes. And also, like you said, he just seems like a glue guy. And those guys are important in terms of trying to build a culture and trying to build a successful team. You got to have that that kind of guys that have been six, at least in successful teams that mm-hmm. the, the Guardians were a, a few years back. Uh, the, the race were this offseason, uh, this season with him on it. It would be nice to inject some of that to this young Diamondbacks team that hasn't maybe had the, the success that they want lately. So that's that's never a bad thing. And number two, let's go back to the injury, the ankle injury. Uh, that also could be a, a factor into him saying, you know what, maybe the outfield is not where I'm supposed to be. And, and maybe first base is a little bit easier on the ankle than than patrolling uh, one of the corner uh, outfield spots. So maybe if the D-backs need a platoon guy from the right side, maybe Luplo is the answer. Yeah, I'm very curious to see how the D-backs deploy him, but I think they also kind of want his career numbers to get back to where they were normally, not where they were in 2021, because right now they are just loaded with left-handed bats throughout their lineup, especially in the outfield. So we'll see how Jordan Luplo's career changes. Uh, Again, it's not a a needle mover of a deal, but it, it is it is, a, I guess it moves the needle a little bit, but it's not going to make or break the Diamondback season next year. There's Jordan Luplo trade. It's going to be a trade where he's a glue guy and he can be a part of a foundation, but he's not exactly a core piece. He's one of those ancillary players that every team needs to build a competitive playoff team. You know, hopefully in the future, maybe the D-backs will be in the wild card race one day, but I actually want to change the conversation a little bit and Flip it back on you, actually, because I actually just want to talk a little bit about the Rays offseason really quick and just give myself a little fresher, maybe give the D-backs fans a little you know, fresher, too, because I'm not too sure what the Rays offseason plan is. This is a team that's coming off their best season in franchise history, but kind of came up short in the playoffs. When you look at expectations going into that Red Sox series, I think everyone thought they were going to blow the doors off the Red Sox, and yeah. uh, the reverse might have been true. So. Going into this offseason, what what was the Rays' plan? What did they want to do? We've already seen them sign Corey Kluber. What do you expect the Rays to do this offseason? They did two of the things. Actually, they did three of the things that you wanted to see as a Rays fan, and it's only November 30th. Number one, sign a veteran starter that could curb some innings on that young staff that everybody saw on, on, on the national stage. The two Shanes, Drew Rasmussen and Luis Patino, Give a veteran back end uh, of the rotation guy that can curb some innings and can give that bulldog presence to them. That's Corey Kluber. Boom. Mm -hmm. Check. They've done that. Number two, get a a piece for the bullpen. 
because bullpens are volatile. You need a guy that you can hand the ball at the end of the game to get those last three outs or a high leverage situation in the seventh inning. What did they do? They got Brooks Raley from the Houston Astros. Well, he played with the Houston Astros. Uh, he was a free agent. So they got Brooks a couple days ago. And the third thing that every race fan wanted was lock Wander Franco up. Mm-hmm. Get that guy a fat contract stat. And the Rays came through like they have never done before in franchise history. An 11-year, $182 million deal. It could be up to $223 million for a guy who has played 70 games. The largest contract ever for a guy who has played the least amount of games in MLB. Did you know that Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. They got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's a flavor for everyone. And the reason why I love Bilt Bar is because it's healthy. I'm a health conscious guy. I'm trying to work out every day. I've been slipping a little bit recently, but it's okay because with my sweet tooth, Bilt Bar tricks me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, but high in protein and high in fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. Just go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. Yeah, and the funny thing is about that contract, I saw that even after it's up, I believe the Mets are still going to be paying Bobby Bonilla their $1.2 million every July 1st, which is just <laughs> hilarious. I think all the dudes, all the young guys who've signed the last two years, like Tatis, uh, Wander Franco, like the Mets are still going to be paying Bobby Bonilla. I yeah. think I tweeted out today that the that Bobby Bonilla this past season made double what Vlad Guerrero Jr. made as the runner-up <laughs> in the MVP award. So it, it's crazy that the Mets are still paying that guy. But when you look at that Wander Franco deal, because I found it interesting and just kind of been a new trend. I'm not even sure if it's new. I have to go back and see the research on it. But over the last few years, we've seen these guys, these young guys who have started out like a you know, like a ball on fire. They start out really high. And before the age of even like 22, 23, they're already getting locked up to these 10-year deals before they even see arbitration or maybe one year of arbitration. And do you think this is a smart trend that's going on in baseball for both sides obviously if you're the Rays, you're like i get to lock up this dude for the next 10 years probably below market price if he hits his expectation level but at the same time if he doesn't hit that expectation level we got the short sample size maybe this ends up being an albatross contract considering it's a decade long and you look at wander franco like obviously i'm getting this money up front but maybe i could have made a hundred million more than what i just offered so i just want to ask you do you like this trend of these stars getting locked up earlier do you think eh, it's all right maybe we can wait through the third year of arbitration before we hand out these fat deals man that's a good question uh, i i honestly I, I understand both sides of it but if i have to choose one i have to go with mr ray what evan mm-hmm. longoria used to say never say no to your first fortune because it could be your last one. That's you true. could fall down the stairs, break uh, break your ankle, break your elbow, do whatever, and now you you're never going to get the bag. Take a look at at guys like um, Corey Kluber, for example, that the race just signed. He never got the bag, and he's a two time Cy Young Award winner. Eduardo Rodriguez has made more money <laughs> than Corey Kluber. Does that seem fair? No, it doesn't seem fair. But Corey Kluber never signed 
a, 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 a contract early in his career. So for those that say, look, man, you're leaving money off the, off the table. Sure. That might be the case, but tell that to Corey Kluber right now when he could have signed something, you know, kind of splashy a la, a la Erod five years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think in, in my viewpoint, yes, there might be a little bit of, um, the Acuna deal, the Ozzy Albies, the, the, the Franco, maybe like, Oh man, they might've let some money out there, but this, these guys are so young that by the time that this contract ends, what wonder Frank is going to be 30, 31. I mean, that's, that's still, I mean, it's not prime prime, but it's not like he's going to be an old dude. He can still get another mini bag of a hundred plus mil. So mm-hmm. again, he's going to be a $350 million guy, even cl- maybe 400. I mean, that's, that's not bad at all. Yeah, who knows? It could even be more than that, considering guys like Albert Pujols are like 30 years old and getting 10-year deals. And you're going to yeah. see some guys coming up. Freddie Freeman's going to get like a five-year close to $200 million deal. So he can definitely re-up again. I think if I was like a Wander Franco and I was like between the ages of 20 and 22, I think I would want like a six, seven-year mega contract and then try to re-up again at the age of like 28, 29, where I still Ooh. have a little bit of prime left, but at least I'm on the right side of 30, which everyone needs. If I'm 29, then people don't mind giving me a 10-year deal yeah. but if i'm 30 then it's like ah, i guess we gotta give this guy three years because he's gonna be washed <laughs> in the next right. two so so i think if i was like one of those young guys i would probably lean in that direction but you mentioned Corey kluber already a couple times i just want to know do you have any belief in this guy actually holding up over a full season and being a productive pitcher for you because he did seem to be a productive pitcher for the yankees last season but the same thing happened to him that happened last couple years where he just wasn't able to finish a full season and stay on the field so what are your expectation levels for Corey kluber entering next season i can't tell you how how excited i am about the Corey kluber signing because mm. the race were after him last year they lost uh uh him against uh, for the yankees when he signed and who did the Rays get instead of Corey kluber five days later chris archer oh for six and a half million dollars uh small trivia about the tampa bay rays in 2021 how many <laughs> innings do you think chris archer uh, pitched for the race in 2021 mm, i'm gonna guess 15 innings very close very good 19 and a third Ooh. for 6.5 million dollars so <laughs> when you tell me that michael walker signed for seven million dollars for the red sox when you tell me that chris archer signed for six and a half million dollars and only gave 19 and a third to the race i look at Corey kluber pitching 80 of with a fit of 385 I'm all over that. I'm all over that because I'm not expecting Corey Kluber to be a 160 inning guy. I'm not expecting Corey Kluber to be a Cy Young candidate. What do I want Corey Kluber to be for the race? A mentor for those four young guys. You got Shane McClanahan, Shane Boss. You got Luis Patino, Drew Rasmussen. They need somebody who's been there, done that. He can do that. And number two, curb innings for those young guys. So if he can just give you a replica of what, of what he gave the Yankees in 2021, 80 innings with a 3.9 ERA, a 3.8 FIP, <laughs> those $8 million are going to be very well spent. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with any of that. If you're just expecting 80 innings, I can't disagree. That's a good bargain for Corey Kluber. So I guess I'm pro Corey Kluber in terms of that uh, reasoning for him because, look, he was still pretty solid last year. He was 
arguably their I think he was their second best starter after yeah. Garrett Cole. And, you know, there could have been stretches where after that crackdown uh, with the sticky stuff that he might have been their best starter because yeah. Garrett Cole struggled a little bit. And who knows? Maybe Corey Kluber <laughs> was a little bit on it, too. You never know. Most of these pitchers <laughs> yeah. probably were. But uh, I want to expand the argument or not, we're not even arguing. I want to expand <laughs> the conversation, I should say, and talk about the whole offseason, the little bit of the free agent frenzy we've been seeing around baseball. But I first want to ask you this question. Do we need to renew the CBA every season? Oh, mm. oh, that's a sexy question. <laughs> oh my <laughs> goodness, <laughs> I've been thinking about that one. I, I don't, I don't hate it. Yeah, I don't hate it at all. Actually, wow, that's actually a really great idea because uh, you know I was reading Passan's article today, and he was mentioning uh, you know something that you never really think about. But how many CBAs does a normal Jordan Luplo, for example, uh, have in his career? One, mm-hmm. maybe two if he's lucky. Two if he's lucky. Two. How many does Jerry Reinsdorf, Hal Steinbrenner, you know, Illich, uh, all these guys, Sue Sternberg, how many CBAs do they get a part, uh, get to be a part of? Oh. A ton. So if you want to switch that, you know, power struggle that it's so lenient towards the owners, I like that idea. Now, who knows? You don't have to – you can make it where – Maybe you don't have to revise every single thing in the CBA. Maybe you say this thing is going to be locked up for the next five years. Maybe mm-hmm. this thing is only two years. So maybe you can make the language there. I thought it was just an interesting idea that I've been having because Not this offseason has been basically the offseason I've been waiting for where I'm on Twitter <laughs> constantly refreshing, got the passing bombs up, John Heyman, all the big guys. It's basically been like an NBA offseason where you're seeing all the top dudes go after the first week of free agency, which is all I've wanted from baseball because I thought one of the biggest areas this game has been lacking in is capitalizing on the offseason. Right now, the last few years with social media, the offseason is just as big in terms of just buzz and and talking about the game as the actual regular season. Some people like the offseason even more. I'm one of those people who I don't like the offseason more, but I like it just as much. I love just offseason chatter, talking about all the buzz, talking about all these changing of hands and all these players switching. So right now with baseball, I just love seeing this free agency frenzy. And I just want to get your opinion on what we've seen so far before we actually dive into these teams and the signings we've seen so far. And it's it's a double-edged sword because – on one side, I'm loving the activity like, like you are, but we all know it's it's due to the fact that something kind of yeah. grim and 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 sad, if you want to put put it that way, that, that that's going to happen, which is the lockout. Uh, you know, so I, I feel like it, you you mentioned the NBA. It did feel it does feel like that, at least mm-hmm. uh, for the last two weeks where, you know, it's one deal after another. You know, Kevin and I, Kevin, my co-host for, for Locked on Race, he, he said, you know, I, you know, I, they couldn't even give us two hours of mm-hmm. Corey Kluber. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, the next deal happened like 20 minutes and we didn't even get uh, some some love for the Kluber because it was just go, go, go. I mean, if you want to really focus on 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 what's been happening it's also extensions too mm-hmm. i mean buxton got that extension franco got the extension sandy alcantara got the extension so it's just money being thrown around it's really really fun uh but i just it it sucks that it's about to end and and rather quickly yeah it's it feels like there's something looming over us with this cba lockout pending but I, one thing i do like as opposed to the nba right now 
in the NBA, if you look at the last couple off seasons, basically 95% of the free agents have been gone and unavailable after the first three days. Like in the NBA, they get those deals done like a week or two before free agency even hits. That's why you see all these tampering fines coming out. That's why, (laughs) that's why you see teams like the bulls being investigated because it's like, how does free agency start in 30 seconds? in? there's already 20 deals done. Like it doesn't make any sense. Right. Yeah. Right now, what I like with baseball is like there's like two or three big deals a day, but there's still Freddie Freeman still out there. You still got yes. Chris Bryant out there. Like there's still so many more moves that's on the horizon that we're still waiting for. So right now, I'm just in love with this MLB offseason. Me too. And I'm super sad that the CBA lockout's coming because it is not something that I want. The I don't want this momentum to stop. Basically, it's been a great time, yeah. but we know it's going to stop once the lockout happens. But Let's now expand the conversation even further. We've already expanded it once in the offseason, but now I'm going to throw out some teams and you rank these teams by the offseasons you like by the offseasons you like the best so far. We're only okay. a weekend. It's not who you think right. is going to win the World Series or who's built the best championship team, but <laughs> we just look at talent going to teams. Who do you like the best? Who do you like the best? So, Number okay. one, I got the Mariners who acquired Robbie Ray, and that's pretty much all they did. I figured I'll throw them yeah. in the, in the okay. boat because they're the Mariners. They never make big moves like this. They got right. the Tigers. They got Erod now. They got Javi Baez, you know, a couple, yeah. couple interesting guys. Yeah. Rangers, of course, John Gray, Cole Calhoun, Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager. I mean, yikes. They've been doing a lot. Mets, you got Mark Hanna, Eduardo Escobar. Max Scherzer starring Marte. And then lastly, I threw in the Blue Jays. Even though they lost Robbie Ray and Simeon, they picked up a Yimmy Garcia, Kevin Gosman, and we know they already got, you know, like a World Series team already in place. So when you look at those teams, if you had to rank the Mariners, Rangers, Tigers, Mets, and Blue Jays, how do you think those five teams stack up against each other right now? Uh, I think the Tigers and Blue Jays are are tied for me because Mm. the Tigers came from a low point. So they're adding nice pieces. So they go up a a, a step. The Blue Jays, I feel like they they lost a couple steps. Uh, The the additions are nice, but I think the the, the drop off is definitely there. So I I think they're equal uh, good of off seasons. Then I'm. I'm happy that the Mariners went for 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 Robbie Ray. I mean that that's that's fantastic. They were in until the last day of the regular season, and now you just got your fandom. Hey, look at this. We got the AL Cy Young winner. Here you go. We're 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 pushing through, and they're like, "Are you kidding me? This is awesome." So that that that's a little bit better for the fandom uh, to have that type of off season. And then we get to the big dogs. You got the Mets, and you got the Rangers. The Mets, I would have expected them to throw money because Cohen is just yeah. like the gift that kid keeps on giving with his tweets. Uh, you know, it, it, it's fantastic content. Uh, just if you, if you're a baseball fan, my gosh, it, it's just, it never ends. So you expect that this type of expenditures and, and the, and the, the names are nice. Canna, great mm-hmm. pickup. Escobar, friend of your program. Yeah. Great pickup. We love yeah. him. So good for the Mets, but I have to give it to the Rangers. The Rangers are giving me like 09 uh, Yankees uh, offseason vibes. You know, the 08 season, they, 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 they didn't make it to the, the playoffs. What did they do in the offseason for the 09 season? Man, they went spending. They went spending like crazy. That's what the Rangers are doing. I mean, that middle infield is like $500 million. It's a half a bill. They just dropped on their middle infield. Yeah. <laughs> a team that won not even 70 games is putting this much money. They they are, for me, the number one 
offseason uh, uh, moves. I mean, they, they got to win it right now. If, if you have to give them the gold medal, if you have to give them the green Skittles, that's who I give it to. This episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered all season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKDOWN to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts yeah i see i see some pushback like on social media against mlb and the non-salary cap because they look at that max scherzer deal and they're like how is one player making more than some mlb payrolls but i push back and i say i love the no salary cap because you got a team like the rangers and tigers two teams that were terrible last year now they come in they're like all right here's a half billion to that guy here's a quarter of a billion to that guy all of a sudden they're cooking with gas from one yeah. offseason Two teams are one the worst in baseball. Of course, we got to see the product on the field, but at least they are building something now. They yes. have they just added core pieces, championship core pieces. They didn't just add like a number three and number four starter. Like Eduardo Rodriguez is good, but adding a Corey Seager, adding a, a Max Scherzer, those are legit difference makers. We were talking about needle mover before with Joe yeah. uh, Jordan Luplo. Those guys are real <laughs> difference makers. When you look at Max Scherzer, Corey Seager. So for me. I think I have I think I actually have the Mets number 1 just because okay. I think I like their team the most at, when I look at the Rangers, Tigers, the Mets, I think I like the Mets talent the most already entering the offseason. This was a team that I liked entering last season that just kind of disappointed me during the season, but I thought there were some injuries there that kind of could have explained why they didn't perform as well. But now you add a Max Scherzer. Of course, you add my guy, Eduardo Escobar, and also Starling Marte, I think, is a super underrated player. Like yes. He was legitimately, I think, the best Diamondbacks player during the 2020 season before we traded him at the deadline. So this, is, this has been a dude who's just been basically a, an all-star level player the last few years that no one even talks about. So to get him, Eduardo Espar could give you all-star level production, add maybe arguably the best pitcher of the last 15 years of Max Scherzer plus Marcana. I think I like the Mets number one. Number okay. two for me, I think is the Rangers, like you said, because you just dropped a half billion dollars on the infield and <laughs> it, it's worth the money. Like you got one of the best yeah. shortstops in baseball and Corey Seager. Then you added Marcus Simeon, who two of the last three years had just been one of the a historically great offensive uh, infielder, basically yeah. smashing 45 plus home runs. He's been an MVP candidate two of the last three years. Uh, wins above wins above replacement. Absolutely loves the guy. So I love that they added John Gray too, who is a solid starter. I don't yeah. think he's you know I don't think he's a number one or number two, but as a middle rotation guy, I think he's fine. And again, another one of former D backs. All these former D backs going to these teams. Cole Calhoun, I yeah. think, was a great free agent signing. This is a guy who's solid defensively as a corner outfielder. Can get you thirty bombs and just a good clubhouse guy. I like that move a lot. I think I have the I think I have the Tigers third over the Blue Jays just because, like you said, the Blue Jays. I think it does hurt to lose Amar. I think you were okay losing Robbie Ray because you bring in Kevin Gosman, but yes. losing Marcus Simeon is definitely going to hurt them, no doubt, because that dude is a legit MVP candidate at this point. The way he's played two right. in the last three years, so that's a major loss to your team. But they already have a pretty stacked roster already, so I'll probably put. The Blue Jays, I think I'm going to put the Blue Jays number four, Mariners number five, just because their team isn't as ready 
as uh, as the other teams here. And Robbie Ray, I don't think I like as much as a Kevin Gosman. I just need to see more of a sample size from Robbie Ray. Yeah. I still can't. I'm still in disbelief what he did this past season. Like, I still can't wrap my mind around it. So I It came want, out of nowhere as yeah. the Rangers dropping $500 million <laughs> on their middle infield. It came out of nowhere. You know, uh, I, I agree with, with, with the reasoning on your podium. Uh, man, that's how fun it's been. That's how fun it's been. I mean, you you can just go back and forth with these uh the, these teams and, and make your own narrative. I love it. I, I'm sad to see it go. Yeah, I'm sad to see it go. So we're gonna be wrapping up here soon, but I want to just get another couple questions in with you. I just want to know it, of the teams we we mentioned a few teams today that have been super active, but the teams that have not been super active, some of those teams that could be sleeping giants or dark horses just waiting in the weeds. What teams are you watching out for that they might have another that might have an ace or a joker up their sleeve that we don't even know about yet? Uh, I think everybody's eyes are on the Yankees mm-hmm. as as per usual. Uh, it's it's been weird that their biggest move has been a resign Cashman or extend Cashman rather. Yeah. Uh, no, a, a, extend uh, Boone, Boone. Sorry, extend Boone. And, and number two. Uh, they've just been so silent. The biggest news we've heard from them is that Clint Frazier is no longer a Yankee. <laughs> Mr. I'll give you Clint Frazier for your best player because Clint Frazier apparently could have gotten every player in every trade scenario. He's no longer a Yankee. That's what we've heard from the Yankees. That's it. So it's a little bit odd that that's been the level of, 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 of noise coming from, from the Big Apple. Uh, and obviously being an interdivisional rival to the Rays, you do keep more tabs on them than maybe somebody from the NOS. So for mm-hmm. us, if you're a race fan, you're surprised that the Yankees haven't made a move. They've basically made as many moves as the Baltimore Orioles, which honestly, I think mm. the Orioles just made a trade. Oh, or they signed somebody. I, yeah. I, I believe in the last 24 hours, I forget who they, who they picked up. Uh, but the Orioles have made possibly more, more additions to their roster than the Yankees. Yeah, I think the Yankees are probably number one on my list, too, because it felt like this is a team that kind of needs to add some juice or just shake yeah. it up, do something. I don't something. think Yankee, yeah, I don't think Yankees fans want the biggest move of the offseason to be re-signing Aaron Boone because they just <laughs> want to get him fired the whole season. Then they get hot late, and all of a sudden he's coming back on a multi-year deal. So I don't think they wanted that. The Dodgers, I don't think I'm too concerned with right now. They, they of course, could always go out and get Freddie Freeman, but even if they don't make any moves, like they're still going to have maybe the most loaded roster yeah. in baseball while losing guys like Max Scherzer and Corey Seager and still have uh, that, that's why getting Trey Turner in that one deal was just an absolute fleece by the Dodgers but I think I'm going to be watching out for another team in your division and that's the Boston Red Sox because this feels like a team that is only a couple pieces away from really contending for a World Series we saw them this postseason have a better run than anyone even expected they were two games away from getting to a World Series yeah. and that was with a rotation that after Chris Sale I mean, Nate Evaldi was very good, but it wasn't super strong. The bullpen wasn't super strong. So I feel like if they go get a couple of pitchers, they can have a really strong team next year and really increase their World Series odds. But it doesn't seem seems right now like that ownership group is more interested in buying franchises of other sports than <laughs> buying uh, uh, free agents right now during the offseason. So I'm very curious to see what the Red Sox do. I think the AL East might be the division to watch during this offseason because we got the Blue Jays who are be, who, who's making moves right now. We got the Red Sox got the Yankees and got Tampa Bay. I mean, when you have four 90 win teams from a division, I mean, they're 
of course, all going to think that they have a shot to win it all next season. Yeah. So I'm going I'm, to, I'm expecting all four of those teams to make major moves. Do you have any predictions for the Rays for the rest of this offseason? Any, any major moves? What's going on with Nelson Cruz, actually? Because isn't he a free agent? That, you know, that's one of the, the, the things about the CBA, right? Uh, is there going to be a universal DH? I think mm. he was beloved in, in the clubhouse. You know where they put him in, 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 in the locker room? He was in the middle of both. Randy Rosarena and Wander Franco. Wow. I mean, this is just the kind of guy that you want him surrounded by that youth and that youth to be surrounded by him. So he was really, really a, a great clubhouse guy. You heard nothing but good things. So it depends on the CBA. If the Universal DH is a, is a foregone conclu- conclusion, then I think he's going to probably not play for the race. Now, if that's not a thing, then I could see a reunion coming back. But honestly for my taste and for my needs and, and wants as a, as a, as a race fan, uh, I would really appreciate one more high leverage bullpen guy that would just make me feel way better about the whole team as a big picture. It would, you wouldn't have any big flaw right now. I think if you had to pick a flaw, the bullpen. So if you can shore up that bullpen with somebody that can really become a Nick Anderson of 2019, of 2020, mm. and Emilio Pagan of 2019, a, a, a you know somebody that the race have had in the past, a Soriano, a, a, a Benoit, a, a, you know, Farnsworth, guys like that, a Jake McGee, that you can just put in a high leverage situation and know that everything is going to be fine most of the time, then I think that you've got yourself a really good contender. Yeah, D-Max would like to get one of those, too. I would like to see that universal DH come back because Nelson there Cruz, you he can make himself a lot of money this offseason yes. if the universal DH comes back. One final question since you brought it up, pro or against the universal DH? Uh, my my traditionalist heart uh, cries, mm. but it's time. Nobody wants to. See, nobody wants to see pitchers hit. Nobody. I mean. I, I mean. I know no. people are like, "Oh, look at Jacob Degrom having more RBIs than you know," and do these fun. I. It's funny. I get it. I also enjoyed watching Randy Johnson put a, a jersey, a, a, a zip up, a zipped up jacket, while at first base. <laughs> I get it. It's funny. It's great. Enough. We've had enough of it. Let's bring the DH. Yeah, I think Sully Baseball is the only person who actively roots against the Universal DH. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> we need to bring it back. I'm tired of watching these pitchers, too. I mean, the D-backs have maybe the greatest pitcher hitter in MLB history, Madison Bumgarner. And yes. I do not want to see this. I've seen Madison Bumgarner come up to pinch it when we have other players on the bench, and it does not work out. No. I do not want to see it. Let's bring the DH back because 2020 season was a, uh, was a lot of fun for baseball. Yeah. Ulysses. Thank you for coming on today. But where can the Locked On Dimebacks listeners find you on social media if they don't know already? Well, they can find me at Sambrano Ulysses. They can also find the show at Locked On Race. We're on YouTube now, so that's pretty great. It's we hey. enjoy it. Uh, so go go find us there on Twitter at Locked On Race on Instagram. Same handle. Uh, hope to see you there. And again, we're we're uh, we're expansion brothers, you know. <laughs> yeah. So it's nice to have this this NL West AL East uh, situation we got going on. Yeah, I'd rather be Expansion Brothers than Eskimo Brothers, Ulysses. <laughs> Sir, enjoy the rest of your night. Thanks for hopping on the pod today, and I'll catch you next time. All right, take care.